0: Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: All right, everybody, how you doing? Welcome to Talk Buffalo Podcast, part of the Blue Wire Network. I am your host, Pat Moran. You can find me on Twitter, at Pat Moran Tweets. Thank you, everybody, as always, for locking in. I appreciate all you. Casual Friday, my man, Joe Yerdon, Maintenance Day Podcast, Noted Hockey, Substack. By the way, I didn't even tell you this before we started taping, so you probably don't know. This In fact, oh. I'm sure you don't, but... Okay. This is actually today, well, technically tomorrow, the four-year anniversary of this podcast man i dropped wow. episode one of this podcast february 19th 2018 man so it's been four years i had this fun little uh show of mine
2: you you know what else is on february 19th what my birthday
1: really yes See, it's destiny that i started this show it's
2: seriously well well at least destiny that you brought me in anyhow it's,
1: it's... <laughs> you know i looked it up look um it. so going back four years ago again starting this then. uh, I had Sal Capaccio episode one, mm-hmm. Sam Graham episode two. Then I had a couple, I don't want to say clunkers because they were still good episodes, <laughs> but like not names people would recognize. I tried, I was determined to be different. And uh, I had some 80s writer on episode three, who we talked a lot of stuff with 80s. It was fun for me, but whatever, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> people didn't care. Actually, episode four, I had a former Buffalo Bill, Dorn Dickerson. But anyway, and then I had Jay Skursky and, and Tyler Dunn back to back. So it was off mm-hmm. and running then. I looked it up the first time I've ever had you on here. This is, I really don't keep track of episode numbers anymore, but Mm -hmm. uh, this is episode 419, technically. First time I ever had you on was episode 53, which is going back to September of 2018. And I still actually remember that because that's, and I still to this day on the rare occasion now where I have somebody out for the first time, we spend a lot of time talking about their life and their career. Mm -hmm. I remember talking to you about growing up in Albany and all that Mm -hmm. fun stuff. In Albany, man. But
2: yeah, I remember. uh, I remember that episode because I was because when he asked me to be on, I was like, "Wow, cool." I think. I think. I think. I've finally gotten noticed enough so that i can be on pat's pod to talk to talk about stuff because <laughs> i would see everybody being on it and i was just like i was like man why is he gonna ask me I just be on the show
1: you know what i you know what i did now i'm on it every week and
2: i'm just like all right yeah and
1: i was like what the hat. fuck uh,
2: gotta, <laughs> this out, guy's I bugging me again
1: yeah Christ. i gotta yeah i gotta give up an hour and a half of my time yet again every week but <laughs> you know how i celebrate today by the way you know what i did this morning, and we're taping this on Thursday. So uh by the way, the saber's play tonight. So again, we're taping this beforehand. But you know what I did today for the first time ever, literally. I don't even know if you've done this. I've never seen a tweet of yours indicating you have, but I actually that stupid Wordle that I've largely um, ignored for the first time ever, yeah. and I mean quite literally ever. I did it today. I tried it today. How'd you do? I think I got four out of six, but I'm gonna be honest with you. I said my I cheated oh <laughs> i don't look Heating at wordle come i'm on, not man. that first of all again i'm not i'm not that smart i've told you this many times i've been yeah. to this i'm not that smart it's kind of sort of like wheel of fortune a little bit
2: mm-hmm.
1: i'm not good at wheel of fortune <laughs> like I, yes. could it, I could stare at that box <laughs> forever mm-hmm. and i can't figure the shit out um and it was my first time so when i got to the third after the third uh row that you put in. I don't know if you're familiar with
2: the game or and how I've to not play played it. it once. No. I, I've 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 fallen into the camp of something's gotten so hyped so fast and I'm like, I am not doing that.
1: Well real uh, <laughs> because now there's it.
2: 900 spin-offs of Wordle and I'm like, all right, that's enough.
1: And I'm always so late to catch up. Like uh TikTok for an example. TikTok was huge two and a half years ago and I was mm-hmm. never touched it and now all of a sudden I'm on TikTok all the time messing <laughs> around and every night late in bed before I go to sleep. <laughs> Wordle's been big for a while, and I never touch it. And I'm like, look mm-hmm. down on people who're playing. I'm like, whatever. But and now I'm doing it, and they probably moved on to three other things since then. But, yeah. uh The Cliff notes version is, you type in it's a five letter word, and I I don't know what the letters are, but if you get it like a green one, it's the right letter in the right place. If you get another color, it's the right letter but in the wrong place. And if you get, I think it's a gray, then the letter is not it okay. entirely. So there is some right. thinking involved. And again, riddles, stuff like that. I'm just not really good at it because I'm i i'm not stupid i just don't use my brain <laughs> all it's the time guy. yeah in the best way so anyway i got to the third one i'm like i thought this was going to take five seconds and it's kind of becoming time consuming <laughs> so i typed in on google uh the word was shake by the way the five letter word and i had s k and a so i said five letter words with S K A and shake <laughs> so i put it in and that's what uh that's what it is you should okay. give it a shot though i mean it
2: it can I be like, interesting. I, I I understand, like you know, how the game's done and everything. It's it's a great idea. It's it's a mix of jumble and uh, like wheel of. It's like you said, jumble and wheel of fortune, kind of, except without a wheel, and you, you can't go bankrupt unless you're already bankrupt, I guess. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, I it, it's a it's a it's such an, it's like one of those things that it's such an easy concept. It's like, how did nobody think of this before? Yeah. Like, how did how did this never happen? At all, like since, you know, like smartphones became a thing or the internet. Like, I, I, it, it blows my mind that this is, this is something where it's just like, wow, it's nobody's done this before, really? Like, okay. <laughs> I, it's like it's one of those frustrating creations where because like the you know the guy who created the game already sold it to the New York Times for like a couple million and it's like oh my god, like that's wow, I didn't know that. So um, you get so pissed at yourself because it's like that could have been me, but then yeah. it's like I wouldn't have done that. You know what like, else I mean, I'm I don't doing? Have app smarts to build anything. Come no, on. no, no, no.
1: You know what else I'm doing too? And by the way, we're gonna spend a lot of time today talking about the savers. Mm-hmm. I kind of want to take a little bit. I mean, may, we might, if we get to the Bills, maybe we'll spend a few minutes talking about them. But I want today to be a Sabers heavy episode, and this week's 35 Drafts going to be best TV couple, so that'll be fun. Um, I kind of lost my train of thought here because I was still <laughs> thinking about last week's poll, which we're going to talk about <laughs> later on, which was so close. That was um, mm-hmm. that was fun. Oh, the other thing I've been up to is I'm watching the Oscar movies all Mm -hmm. of them like all of them all of them all the major ones like for an example the best picture nominations there's 10 movies i've Mm -hmm. never seen any of these movies i'm watching them all all of them all 10 i've actually watched five of them now and right before we started taping i actually got about halfway through uh the sixth but yeah i'm gonna watch all the best picture nominations i'm gonna watch and a lot of them intertwine with each other but like best actor best actress Mm -hmm. best director and uh I Watch as many of them as I can. There's been uh, they've been all right. There's been <laughs> none that have blown me away. I did DM you about one of them though. So I, I watched. Don't look up. I thought that was stupid. Mm-hmm. It's on Netflix. I just I didn't like that. Belfast right. was all. Right. Belfast was all right. Uh, mm-hmm. What else? Power the dog. I'm looking at my notes here. I, I didn't really like that that much. Um, there's one right now. I'm currently watching. Drive my car. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a Japanese movie and it's all in subtitles. And I'm like, I feel like I have to watch it, first of all, if I'm going to do this properly, because I'm power making them and writing reviews and stuff like that on my Facebook and Twitter. Mm-hmm. But it's actually keeping my attention. It's, it's actually pretty good. And then the one that I told you about was West Side Story. And I said yep. that because we had our musical draft not long ago when you picked West Side Story. Mm-hmm. And now that I've watched the, the remake, I'm like, now I see why. And I do remember West Side <laughs> Story. I did see it once, the original. But
2: this, what. But how long ago movie. had you had seen it?
1: It's been a while. I didn't remember yeah. it well. I I think had I watched, had I started this Oscar binge a couple weeks ago, I think that draft might have played out differently because I think you picked you got West Side. I picked Story it like very that. high. i yeah. I think
2: you had first pick, and that might have been my first pick.
1: It might have been my first pick. I might have taken that over Greece had I uh,
2: Greece. What a yeah, yeah. You took over. Greece, and I was like, thank you, thank, <laughs> thank <laughs> you for leaving me West Side Story <laughs> and everything else because I think I romped all over you that.
1: Steven Spielberg directed this new version of uh, West Side Story. It's really good, and it's it doesn't stray much from the original. I think the biggest differences, and I did some like I looked and watched a couple YouTube videos. Uh, the biggest differences is, is well, for starters, the Puerto Rican characters are, are Spanish characters are actually that's their real ethnicity. Whereas back in 1961, mm-hmm. was a lot of white Greek people yeah. playing the Puerto Ricans, the Sharks mm-hmm. who were, you know, had their face colored or, or painted some to, you know, with makeup to to make them appear darker. Mm-hmm. Natalie Wood played Maria. Natalie Wood is a Russian; she's a white Russian.
2: Yeah,
1: <laughs> like in Maria. So the casting it, it seems more authentic, and there's more Spanish speaking without subtitles in this remake that Steven Spielberg. I I liked it a lot. It's Not my best one though. I I actually. Of, of what i've watched so far and i still got half of them left but licorice mm-hmm. pizza was actually
2: uh that's been, that's my what favorite i'm one. really eager to see i'm yeah. a, i'm a big uh paul thomas anderson fan yeah and like his his movies just they they they're very entertaining to me because it's always there's always some element of tongue-in-cheek with it and yeah. you know there's you know i just i just thinking of the stuff that he's done like i Remember I made it a point to go to the theater to see The Master uh which was like their his kind of take on Scientology and it was you know Philip Seymour Hoffman and Joaquin Phoenix and uh Amy Adams were in it and you know Joaquin Phoenix is playing basically like this loser guy. He's a total loser guy who, you know, he's looking for like some direction in life and he's uh you know he's trying to find something to to get through because he's just He's kind of derelict on everything like he just got i think he just got out of the navy or something and he's just a, he's just a total bum and he trips and falls into like this whole thing with this group that's they're not called Scientologists but they are a hundred percent Scientologists yeah and uh he becomes like very close with the guy who's the head of the head of the, the group who's Philip Seymour Hoffman and it's just basically him putting one over on him the entire time and Amy Adams sees right through it the entire she's she's like I don't like him he's bad and he if folks, say, I don't know. He's great. He's great. He's my protege. He's wonderful. And you know, it kind of goes from there. But, uh, but that was fascinating. There will be blood is one of my most favorite movies. Uh, Daniel day Lewis and Paul Dano. Um, it's an epic, like there, there's no words spoken for like the first 20 minutes of the movie, which I know drives some people crazy, but it's, it's Daniel Day-Lewis's like best movie ever. I, it's a movie that I saw in the theaters like three times. I had to go like the art theater in Albany to go see it at all. The first couple of times, and then it finally got wide release. And I was like, good, I can sit in the comfy seats now and <laughs> and watch this. And like, this would be great. He's but, um, he,
1: he's nominated for for best director for yeah. this movie. And you mentioned Philip Seymour Hoffman, his son Cooper. This is actually his feature film debut. Oh wow! So yeah. I recommend Please. it. It's good. None of these. Well, I, I would say don't look up. It's just I, I it's it a star-studded up. cast that you know what. If if it wasn't that cast, it would have been one of those straight to DVD you are finding it at Walmart for a dollar mm-hmm. movies. I I thought it sucked. Whatever. I, I know it's a it, it's a satire of the government in a mm-hmm. way. I get all that. I do. It just it didn't do nothing for me. But the other it's, ones so
2: uh, far have been pretty enjoyable, man don't look up I, don't look up bothered me from the get-go and not because it was a poorly made film or any of that just knowing like people are just like yeah it's kind of a comedy and I'm like all right well all right they're like yeah, it's more satire I was like all right okay fine and then you start getting into the teeth of the story and you're like I don't think this is satire I think this is a little on the nose you know <laughs> yeah. and you're just like okay all right like it's very heavy-handed with know with what they're trying to say with it and everything and it's just like oh my god please please just like this is very uncomfortable and you know i'm not going to give away my microphone is being ridiculous right now um i'm going to try it's got a new
1: light it's getting used to it
2: yeah it well it's it's a new setup the microphone is is right is new but like it it's it i don't know if it's picking up like the sound of the cars going by my apartment so it's like hey let's let's pick up that sound so it's Booming everything. Nobody you cares sound
1: good. You are like one of those, and I tell uh guests when I do live shows with them all the time. They have a mic up close to them, and then they mm-hmm. kind of when they fall back, the sound falls off. But you sound good, man. Yeah, sound yeah, good. So No worries. Yeah,
2: but yeah, don't look up. I just I was like it made me very anxious and very uncomfortable, which I don't know. I guess maybe that's that's a good thing for them, but yeah. it made me be like, Nope, don't need to watch that ever again. Thanks.
1: <laughs> yeah, I didn't like it too much. So All right, so this is a four-year anniversary episode, I guess, technically here. It feels to me, and we're going to segue into some hockey talk, at least. It feels to me like it's been four years we've been talking about Jack Eichel Mm -hmm. not being a Buffalo Sabre anymore. That's what it felt like, obviously, over the last year or so. You've been on the show weekly, and God, man, I can't count how many minutes we've spent talking about Jack Eichel over the last year before the trade finally happened. He goes to Vegas. He gets that surgery. What was it literally three months ago? Which yeah. before we even talk about anything else, it does make you think. Had the Sabres just said, you know what, Jack, we're with you on this. Get the surgery. He would have gotten this summer, and he would have been ready to start. The He'd right the right. For he would have missed you ready our for the start of the you season. Me? Now You're we'll like sp- yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll talk about because I, I do want to spend some time talking about Kevin Adams today as well. But before right. that, let's start with that. Jack Eichel, Wednesday night. Makes his um, very m- much anticipated debut mm-hmm. against Colorado, and uh, he looked well. I want to get your take on him because I'm sure you you saw it and saw some things that I probably don't. The stats: 17 minutes and 32 seconds of ice time, uh, one shot on goal, no points. No one no one had a point because they were shut out two nothing. Right, and uh, he took two penalties. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah. Anyway. I would say that, I mean, he was rusty, but my opinion, and again, I want to turn this over to you, is all things considered, I thought he looked uh, pretty good. Again, all things considered, how long he's been gone, the surgery, uh, I'm sure the nerves, all that stuff. What did you see?
2: I, uh, For a guy that's been out for 11, 11 plus months mm-hmm. uh, to play 17 minutes, against a team that they could end up that yeah, could end up winning the Stanley Cup in his first game and a game that was extremely high pace. Like that was a breakneck speed game. It was great to watch. Like that yeah. was you get a game like that in the regular season, you feel a little little bit blessed because, you know, an eighty two game season, you're not gonna get too many that are played that way. But that one was electric to watch. Didn't you you
1: tweet something during the game? Kind of in comparison to the Sabres, just the pace of play, it was
2: like night and day different. Yeah. I I said something. uh, What I said was uh, the Sabres are playing much better hockey this year, but they're not in the same universe as either Colorado or Vegas. Like this, the way both of those teams play where everything is very quick. Like it's not just, you know, like them skating fast and playing fast. It's the decision-making is, is immediate the passes are snapped quickly like everything is boom 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 like they are really good teams are able to do that and in the west like how do you beat a west team is you got to be faster than them well you know because they're usually bigger heavier stronger more physical teams colorado's strong and physical and fast vegas is strong and physical and fast like that's that uh, that ups the difficulty level for for other for other opponents but i don't know for for jack to get jumped in jump jump to get lumped in that way um i mean they they're, they did not you know they did not pull pull back on him at all like you know he, he, he was playing on the top line he was playing with max pacharetti and of getting uh dadanov and you know he played 17 and a half minutes i think the biggest surprise to me was that he didn't see a lot of time with the uh, when they had the goalie pulled late in the game Whereas you know in Buffalo, if they had the goalie pulled, he was playing every single second that the goalie was pulled to try or to get, we would have tried to, or to
1: we, get a goal or he would have killed. We would have killed the coach in, in the organization right. for not putting
2: him out there. Right? Exactly. But like Vegas has that kind of depth. You know, they can they can roll two different lines. You know, when trying to attack, and they you know they did. You know, Jack. I think Jack's line started when they when they got when they pulled the goalie, and then they brought up the next line uh, for the bulk of the rest of that time because jack didn't get back on the ice until like the last 20 seconds or so um so i mean you know listen it it, i'm a little surprised he didn't get a point but you know the whole team didn't score because darcy Kemper played outstanding but um you know he wasn't he didn't look exactly like how we remember him but again first game in almost a year after pretty you know after a surgery that nobody in the NHL's had before, like looked pretty good to me. Like, it, you know, he didn't, he didn't pull back. Like he didn't look, he didn't look like uh, he was out of place at
1: all. I can't imagine. I mean, I can only imagine. I should say, uh, I don't care how great of a hockey player you are. I don't care at the level that you've played at being the second pick, being the face of a franchise for six years, whatever it may be, all the expectations coming in. I can't imagine that. He wasn't full of nerves and butterflies going into that game. All things considered, again, they trade for him. They give up good players. The expectations, I'm sure, for Jack Eichel <laughs> with Buffalo was to help turn around a franchise and maybe lead him into the playoffs. Make no mistake about it in Vegas, man. It's it's Stanley Cup or bust, right? Isn't that yeah. kind of the expectation? You make a move for this guy. And again, let's not judge. I have an idiot friend of mine who was, you know, texting me, talking shit, zero points, two penalties, whatever, bum. <laughs> he's one of those he's one of those Sabres fans yeah. and he's very bitter towards Jack, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. for very personal reasons. Um, but yeah, it's gonna take him some time to knock off either. How could there not be rust and nerves and adrenaline and all this stuff? And I'll tell you what, March 10th is going to be mm-hmm. a very interesting night when Vegas comes to Buffalo, man. What what yeah. was your take on uh the pulse of Well, we can only go by Twitter because that's what we both reside on when it comes to, you know, sports and social media. But uh, Mm -hmm. what was your take when with what people were saying about Jack Eichel Sabres fans or Jack Eichel fans? Do you get a sense that they're runiform, you get a sense that it's like, ah, he's gone. Fuck him. You know, what's your sense?
2: (laughs) There's definitely a lot of the last part. There's a lot of people that are just like, whatever, we're done with him. But I, I think last night really closed the book for good, like the trade quieted everything down finally like it it ended all the rhetoric and and everything but the but him actually playing and getting back out of the ice I think that puts it all to bed now you know Sabres fans have been watching Alex Tuck now for the last what two months Mm -hmm. uh you know month and a half two months whatever it is and you know Peyton Krebs for roughly the same amount of time so Sabres fans have already moved on you know they love Alex Tuck Alex Tuck's playing incredible hockey like he's you know they've got a top line that's legitimately one of the best better ones in the league so you know they sabers fans don't have to you know they don't have to sweat jack anymore um you know i, I think the thing that's going to drive them nuts is the attention uh sure. because it's it's gonna he's jack's gonna have a ton of attention you know from now through the rest of the season and beyond uh and certainly if vegas has a lot of success and he's got a big hand in it you hear about it a lot more and if Vegas goes deep in the playoffs and if they if they win a Stanley steal the cup it with
1: St. Louis, yeah.
2: yeah it's going to be all that same kind of stuff all over again uh so i you know i i don't i don't begrudge jack anything like you know i'm you know i don't you know any any time that he you know may have not been a great interview i don't take that stuff personal like that you know my my view on that is if if you ha- if your whole story hinges on needing great quotes from one guy you might be in trouble
3: it doesn't matter who you're talking to like if you
2: you set if you put all your all your bets on the one on one person getting to take care of it it ain't gonna work like you gotta have you gotta have other plans you gotta have other other ways out you can't you can't create a plan that paints yourself in a corner when it comes to that so um but like you know the, the attitude stuff like whatever like Listen, if I've played for the Sabres for six years and watched, you know, and I busted my ass for for that long and played, you know, better hockey than anybody's played in Buffalo since God knows when. And you keep finishing sixth, seventh, eighth place in the division. You're you're picking, you know, five, you know, eight, eight, six, seven, five in the draft first sometimes. Like, I'm gonna be pretty annoyed. I'm gonna be pretty pissy a lot of the time too. You know, I I just can't. I can't begrudge somebody like that. I know a lot of the attitude around hockey is just like, well, you're part of the team. You got to, you got to suck it up and blah, 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 like, all that stuff. Where it's just like, listen, man, sports is different now. Sports is not what it was in the 60s and 70s, where it was you know, team and, you know, blah, like all the, you know, roughneck nonsense that you get back then. Now it's a multi billion dollar operation in every sport, every team, like, you know, every team's got tons of money, even if they don't act like it, they got tons of money. Uh, you know, every owner is not, no owner is poor unless you're maybe a Eugene Melnick. Maybe he's poor, but that's a, that's a whole other thing, but you know, these, everybody's making money and yeah, there's a lot of pressure that comes with it with taking an eight year, $80 million contract. Sure. But at the same point owners and GMs got to do their job too. They gotta, they gotta build a team around you. I mean, you could tell me Connor McDavid's having a super fun time in Edmonton? Hell no, man. Hell no. Like, if if Connor McDavid had the same kind of situation in Edmonton that he had in Buffalo, and don't get me wrong, it's kind of close. It's it's probably a little bit closer than than McDavid would even. Sure. Want. But like, if it was the same situation, he'd be asking out too. Like, how do you blame anybody when it's just constant stepping on rakes all the time with you know trying to do things and. You know, they come back to Jack and say, like, hey, man, we're going to try to reboot things again. Like, nah, nah, I'm good. Like, when you, cause when you say re- you're going to reboot things, you're talking like two, three years. And Jack's already given up, what, six? Six, yeah. you know, like five, six years. Like, you're going to tell him, like, eh, wait seven, eight, nine years down the road to maybe get to the playoffs. Like, nah, no, nah, man, no. <laughs> like, it, you can, you can be, you can try to be the good guy and, you know, be like the Cal Ripken or the Steve Iserman or whatever, but like, Steve Eiserman eventually it, it paid off, you know. Like eventually they they became a juggernaut and they won Stanley Cups. You know, you know, that didn't happen with Cal Ripken, but like he won, did they win the World Series like one of his first couple of years? Like okay, you know. But like guys, guys sticking with one team, it doesn't happen that much. That much, no. You know, no, like no. and it, that's because it's a business, and yeah. you know teams treat it like a business way more than players do. But now players have caught up. And you know what, that's the way, that's the way it's played, man. You know, I, I know that sounds, it sounds, it's not even cynical. It's just true as far as I'm concerned. But, um, but I mean, I I can't begrudge anybody trying to do what's in their best interest. Like, cause everybody, everybody else in sports is acting the same way. Like you gonna tell me the owners wouldn't, you know, an owner or GM wouldn't trade you the second they got a, they, they got what they thought was a better offer. Hell no. Of course okay. they are going to do it. Like I don't I, Joe.
1: I don't, I don't begrudge Jack Eichel either. And I would say he'll always be to me one of the more interesting athletes ever in Buffalo, not just for his talent, but just the way mm-hmm. things played out. I think the one thing we can all agree on is that his, his on ice talent was phenomenal. And mm-hmm. I, I think whether you love Jack Eichel, I think whether, whether you hate Jack Eichel, that's undeniable. We And we all know that he was a great player on the ice. And I think skill wise he was everything that we hoped he would be it was everything else mm-hmm. around him you know that would that was uh that fell apart it wasn't his fault on the ice certainly anyway why this team wasn't better but after that if everything else about him is is a debate it's the, it's divisive is he you know was he a, a liability in the locker room i hear a lot of people and they're still tweeting about it someone just tweeted about it to me yesterday and they kind of hinted at you know maybe it wasn't entirely his fault but the locker room not being a great place. How much of that was because of Jack Eichel? Should he have had the C on his jersey? These are things that we could debate. Whose fault is it? You know, this, that, and the other stuff. It's just one of those great divisive things. The surgery, the way it was handled, the way Jack Eichel handled the losing, the frustration that was very visible. You could debate whether he was right or wrong with that. You know what I mean? There's just so many things about this guy that, just divided fans, quite frankly. Again, the only thing you can we can all agree on is that he's a great player. Mm-hmm. Um, everything else is just it's something we'll we'll debate forever. And you know, and by the way, this ain't going away this year. No, I, mean, I don't care whether they absolutely win, not whether 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 Vegas wins the Cup this year, whether they lose in the first round of the playoffs and get swept, it's be back next year and the year after. You for Sam reinhardt who by the way is playing really good in Florida. He's got like yeah. seventeen goals. 45, 90 points.
2: point pace.
1: Yeah, he's got 45, <laughs> 45 points, 45 games. He's looking really good. Sam Reinhardt and Jack Eichel. whether you like it or not, Sabres fans, we're going to be talking about them for the rest of their careers, just because of how much time and resources were invested to get these two players. And the way things played out in Buffalo when they were here, it's, it's just it's not going to go
2: away, man. What what's the uh, what's the worst case scenario conference finals for Sabres fans this year? It's got to be uh, Vegas, St. Louis in the mm-hmm. West and then Florida, Toronto in the East. Like, oh, isn't that the one where like nightmare. Buffalo shuts off their TVs or throws them, <laughs> throws them out of the window and says, man, fuck this. We're not, we're not watching anything. You
1: you remember when Ryan O'Reilly, <laughs> Ryan O'Reilly won that cup. How miserable oh, yeah. Sabre fans were. It'd be mm-hmm. 10. It's going to be 10 times worse. It was also, if Jackson also is because
2: they were playing the Bruins, you can't root for the Bruins against, right? Like you're just <laughs> tuned out. You're just like, man, this, nothing's good. Nothing good happens. Like that's, it's even more stuff to just like throw yourself in the dumpster to just be like, man, I hate everything. Like just, and, and but that's where it, again, it falls back on the Sabres for like, you know, if you're a fan, you're just like, man, screw them for making it like this. You know, like when it gets, when you get to that point where you can't root for anybody because everything is bad about it and that that's no longer, that's no longer the fault of those teams and those players. That's, that's your team. Your team screwed that up. Like that's, It's the way it goes, man. And that's the way it's been here. Like I, you know, I, you know, the, the, the the locker room thing kills me with Jack because, you know, people love to cite the whole, like, oh, him and O'Reilly didn't get along. It's like, no, man, they were pranking everybody here. Like those guys got along great. Like they worked out together in the summers. Like, but the whole thing, like when people saw they didn't high five each other after a goal and people was, Oh my God oh my God, they hate each other. Oh my God. So like, so of course these guys hear about it. And it was just like, okay, let's, let's keep that going. Like, let's just mess with everybody. So of course it kept going because why wouldn't you do it? Like you're young, you're going to be pranking people. Like people are going to go running too far with some kind of, you know, dumb thought. All right. Have fun with it guys. Like, yeah, yeah. We hate each other. We hang out. We hang out for a week and work out together in the summer. Yeah. We hate each other. Okay. Peace. Yeah. See ya. <laughs> I just, you know, I don't know. I I can't get mad at somebody who's just pissed about losing all the time. Wouldn't you rather? People got annoyed when O'Reilly said that he lost his love for the game, you know, and they were just like, what kind of, what kind of sappy ass shit is this? Like, wouldn't you, like every year that you came here, like that you played here, it was just the, you know, each season got progressively worse. And like at the end of every year, like, well, that can't get any worse. And then it does. (laughs) like. Don't you don't like, doesn't that drive you crazy? Wouldn't that make you not want to play? Like it would certainly make me question everything I've ever done in my life. That's for sure. And you know, Jack gets pissed about losing. Well, wouldn't you, <laughs> wouldn't you, your team's picking first, like, you know, once at every three years in the draft, like, yeah, I'd be pissed too. Like, they're like, Oh, he acts like a baby. Like, man, I'd be throwing sticks everywhere. I'd be throwing people literally out of the like the locker room. It'd be like jazz on Fresh Prince of Bel Air, just like you know, Uncle Phil just throwing him right out of the house. Just get the hell out of the locker room. I hate everything. Like, yeah. you know, it's everybody, everybody handles things differently. Like every hockey fans want everybody to be the to either be the loud, the loud, on ice visual captain where they're just, you know, they're ripping everybody up and down, or they want them to be the strong silent types. There's no gray area in between for how it works. And you know, like that, that's what drives me nuts. People get pissed about him having the C whose fault is that? You know, like, it's so dumb. Everything about it, these are the, it, it. it's, it's even bad arguments for like a bar, like a, you know, like a bar, like a sports bar conversation. These are shitty arguments even for that, because it's just like, it's like, man, this is all dumb. This has nothing to do with anything. It's all petty nonsense and drama, and it has literally nothing to do with anything. It's just, Look at where the problems came from. It came from outside the room, up the ladder. Like, that's where the problems came from. That's where the problems, hopefully, are no longer coming from.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDIC. All
1: right, I'm back with Joe Yurt and Casual Friday. Let's shift gears somewhat. I mean, instead of talking about Jack and, you know, we could, and we will talk about that for years to come, the effect and stuff. I actually. This is funny because I, you know, Kevin Adams, I'm I'm just going to say it. I, I have, I've hated this organization over the last year and a half. You know, this as much as anybody mm-hmm. more than words could say, but I'm starting to feel right now with Kevin Adams. Maybe this dude's not getting enough credit, man. I think, I mean, all things considered. And when we were hearing about, I remember many times on this podcast, dude, we were kind of going at it and pleading with Buffalo, just make a move, do something, you know? Mm-hmm. And it was getting very frustrating that there was no trade to be made when it comes to Jack Eichel. But you look back now and you look at this return and, man, Alex Tuck looks really, really good. He looks like a mm-hmm. future captain. And, you, and you've said this on this podcast. What's he up, like 16.16 16 games now something like, like that?
2: 17 I, and 15, something like that. Yeah, something, something long like long that. In He's lines.
1: averaging a point a game right now with the Sabres. And uh, he looks really good. He looks like mm-hmm. a legitimate top line winger. Peyton Krebs looks good. I mean, he's got a lot to grow, mm-hmm. but I mean, you see flashes. His passing is really, really good, man. Mm-hmm. And then they got a first round pick too coming. So that turns out there are there are scenarios where, believe it or not, both teams go into trade. You know, mm-hmm. Vegas gets what they want, their top line right. center, and the Sabers certainly look like they to get they got two good pieces right now. Kevin Adams deserves credit for that. I don't think whether it's us, whether it's uh, other outlets, other podcasts, newspaper articles, whatever. I feel like he's not getting any credit at all, and I, and I think he deserves it. Also, he came on what he became GM in 2020, right before the draft. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. All right. Well, I mean, Jack Quinn, uh, a pick that a yep. lot of people were were not happy with at the time. I mean, it sucks right now that he's hurt, but. We've mm-hmm. seen a lot from Jack Quinn this year. It looks really good. JJ Perturko. Mm-hmm. That was the second round pick that year in 2020. That was Kevin Adams' first draft as GM. So, I mean, this team is looking, Uh, you know, he's making some good moves right now. And um, I just feel like there's there's a lack of credit. I mean, the trade for Rasmus Rissolane and he got a, a first rounder, which I think that was Isaac mm-hmm. Rosen that turned into. And, uh, yep. you know, I still don't like the Sam Reinhardt trade. I hate it, in fact. Yeah. But, you know, you got a first. It's going to be a low first. And. And who knows what Devin Levi becomes. But uh, it, I, I just want to make sure the guy gets some credit because I do think he deserves some credit. I think some of the moves that I just talked about were uh, good moves, man. Good young moves. Maybe, maybe, we'll see. Good culture moves. You know, I'll say this much, Joe. This team likes each other. Yeah, You could tell. I mean, when Victor Olsen, oh, yeah. and you talked about him last week at length, when he scored mm-hmm. that goal earlier this week, that banks exploded. Mm-hmm. This team seems like they... They like each other, and I don't know how much culture really means, but it it seems like there's good chemistry going on with this team right now. And again, my my, I guess my long-winded point here is that Kevin Adams deserves more credit (laughs) than what he's getting. I don't know if you agree with me or not.
2: I uh, Adams has done well. Um, I'm not going to crown him. I'm going to pull the whole Denny Green line out. I'm not going to crown him. Not going to you know not crowning his ass yet. But like you know, (laughs) listen, we've been burned. Enough by GMs in the past, you know. Like, you know, when Tim Murray made the the O'Reilly trade, I was like, wow, that's a great move. You know, people hated giving up JT Comfort and you know uh, Zadorov and those and Grigorenko. I don't think they hated giving up those last two guys, but like giving you know giving away a you know a young prospect, they were just like, oh, I don't like that. You know, they make the Kane Bogosian deal and was just like, oh, I don't like that either. Like, you know, I, I get it, but like those were moves meant to push things forward. Uh, these were moves that were made out of basically necessity that Adam's had to make like he he had to trade Jack Eichel he had to trade Sam Reinhart, you know because you couldn't you know if you kept Reinhardt for another year like if, if you sign him you're only getting you signing him to a one-year deal and then he's walking after that so you know you got to sure. trade him yes yeah. the line and listen it was it was done here like it was you know the experiment it wasn't even an experiment it was just the time was up he like couldn't keep him around any longer it just wasn't going to work and plus Philly coughed up a first round pick for him so yeah, yeah. Go ahead. He's yours. Enjoy. Um, but like, that's, that's being smart. That's taking advantage of what other teams want. You know, um, you know, people were getting kind of critical of, of, you know, Adams holding out on the Eichel thing, uh, you know, because I was you know, he wanted the huge ask, like, yeah, I get it. I, I understand that. But, you know, he got the guys that were the right guys to pick, you know, getting tuck, I tuck it. I'm going to be writing something for noted hockey here in the future about tuck. Um, but one of the points I'm going to hit on is how, you know, people say like, ah, oh, man, I don't know if we could expect this. I don't know if I'm creating a straw man argument there, but like looking through his numbers in the past, even with redu you know, with not playing as many minutes and, and whatnot, you could see something like this coming at some point, you know, even though he's playing on a really good team in Vegas and, and whatnot, the numbers stood out. You know, in all areas where it was like, hey, this guy's this guy's pretty good. And if Vegas doesn't have wanna, you know, can't find room for him, somebody's got to be smart and take advantage of that. And it turns out Buffalo was was the team. And getting Krebs out of it, listen, that Krebs was a guy that was supposed to be a top 10 pick in 2019. And the fact that he wasn't taken in the top ten was because he, you know, he had a he had a bad injury um before the draft. So teams were kind of hesitant to to make a splash on him and, you know, Vegas got him in the middle of the first round. So, you know, big score for them, but they had, you know, they had the opportunity to kind of let him, you know, get over the injury and play in juniors and and go from there. And he was a guy that was talked about in the same breath as cousins and, you know, Kirby doc and those guys in that draft. And the fact that they've got now cousins and Peyton Krebs is a huge score. As far as I'm concerned, like that's, you got two of the best guys from that, from that, you know, the, the lottery picks of that draft. Like that's, That's awfully good. Like that's, you know, I don't, I don't think that's getting noticed quite enough yet. I mean, people are noticing Krebs. people, you know, I don't know how many people are really like looking at cousins and being blown away. They should be, I know the points don't really totally dictate it, but like, he's going to, he probably could score 20 this year. He might get 40 points. Like that's pretty good. It's a pretty good year, but, um, you know, the fact that they were able to pull those guys out of there and, you know, they get a first round pick, which, you know, depending on how Vegas does, could be low. It could be could be right as low as the Florida pick. They, might, <laughs> they could end up picking 31st and 32nd of the first round this year, you know, for all we know. But, um, it, you know, it, but you still get a first like that's the key. You know, that's the thing. Like you still got the pick. And, you know, it's like when, he, when when they traded Kane and people got a botch it was like, oh, you didn't even get everything that he was looking for. I was like, well, they still end up getting a first-round pick out of it because he went to the play. You know, ended up going to the playoffs and, you know, they got what they wanted, even though it was a situation where nobody wanted them other than San Jose. So, like, you know, but, but with the Adams, though, it, you know, the drafting looks good now. Uh, the fact that they're being patient with with all these guys that they've drafted and they're giving them the time to to, to you know, to grow up and to learn within the system. It's huge. It, 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 it's, it makes such a difference to not feel like you have to rush these guys to the NHL because that's been the case the last forever. You know, you draft somebody in the first round, it's like, all right, we got to get them in there, which is a real quick way to burden guys out or not having, or having them come to the NHL unprepared. You know, like that's, that's the biggest thing. You know, I, I think of like a Casey middle where, you know, he looked, you know, look great at world juniors, had a solid season at Minnesota and they signed him and he had only played what 30 some games at Minnesota, like after being drafted, like and he he came right to the NHL and it's like, I don't know, man, maybe, maybe he needs a little bit more than that. Like encourage him to stay another year at Minnesota or be okay with putting him in Rochester. But you know, that, you know, that obviously was under different leadership. So that that's how that went. But you know, maybe Case will be better for it now. He should be back soon. You know, maybe by the end of this week he'll be back. So, um, so I'll be, I'll be very anxious to see how he does when he gets back in there because he's another guy. He's another piece. He's you know he's still really young. So, you know, we'll see. But things are trending in a very good direction with Adams in charge. You know, and he's added to the you know to the smart guy staff with, with bringing in. Uh, you know, with, with bringing in the, uh, the, I guess the nerds, I suppose, you know, Matthew Barlow and, um, Sam Ventura and everybody in that group. Like those are, those are really smart, really brilliant hockey people. Like they're, (laughs) it, they're going to get talked about a lot because a lot of us have gotten wise to the whole stat game, but like they're, they're going to be the, the other eyes with that, with that department to be able to make sure that they can, you know, when they're going after people, they're getting the ones that are you know the fit the best for what they're looking to do with their system but also won't break the bank either like that's that's the whole point of having a, a great advanced staff like that and you know data scientists to be able to to figure that out because if you're not going to spend a lot of money you better spend your money smartly
1: sure I, you know right now i'm just happy that this team is relatively fun to watch i talked yeah. about it on the islanders game earlier this week uh that that was they're worth the price of admission for the most part, not even just that one game, but for the most part, I feel like they're, they're worth the price of admission. Now, a lot of fans aren't getting that memo because the arena still looks pretty shitty. I had Joe from Queens on the show earlier this week, by the way, Joe at Buffalo wins. He refuses. He does not want to be called Joe from Queens anymore. He says, I fucking hate that name. Yeah, So he's Joe at Buffalo wins. That's the way he must be addressed. I guess that's in his contract now, but, um, he's still not sold. Like he doesn't give a shit. I don't know what I could do to convince him. And I'm sure he's not the only, there's other fans who are, Mm -hmm. you know, they've jumped off and it's going to take more than just a little bit of promise here and there to, uh, to get them back on. You're going to, maybe you're going to have to just see more results in the standings. And we're not there yet, but I think this team is pretty damn, uh, I think they're pretty damn fun to watch. I feel like you're getting a good, honest effort every night. You know, sometimes it's just not there. Mm -hmm. The goaltending, You know, the goaltending is what it is right now, but, and these guys are young and they make mistakes, but it's fun to watch. I I feel like I'm watching something unwind. now I felt that way a handful of years ago too, when Jack and Sam were even younger, you know, and you can say the same thing. I just, I don't know. I feel like this core feels a little deeper. It's not as top heavy when you have a star like Jack Eichel and a guy like Sam Reinhardt, but I don't know. I just feel like it's deeper. There's a better talent pool right now, and they're going to continue to add to it. Owen Power's not even here yet. So there's a lot to look forward to with this team. It's fun, man. It's fun. Um, quickly, before we get into our draft, I, I was going to gloss over the Bills or skip over them, but I do got one thing that I want to ask you, and I had to make sure I phrase this the right way. So we, we've we been watching uh, with, with the Bills.
2: You got me scared now. Let's put it this
1: no, way. Well, <laughs> well let, let, let's say this. Josh Allen, okay? I mean, we're, mm-hmm. we don't need to talk about what he did in the playoffs. It was special, and, and we all know that already. Super Bowl week, he was, uh, the NFL Honors, Je- Josh Allen is becoming a star beyond this, this region, this market. You know, there's a lot of times in Buffalo, especially during the drought years, guys like Kyle Williams and Fred Jackson and Stevie Johnson and uh, Eric Wood, a lot of good Buffalo players that, hey, they were stars here. You go to Barville. Oh my God, Josh Allen's there, or Kyle Williams is there. You know what I mean? Oh my God, that there's Freddie Jackson at Walmart. But now with Josh Allen, it's different. With Josh Allen, it extends beyond Buffalo. He's become a star star. Like mm-hmm. you might be seeing his ass in all state commercials. You know, this summer, mainstream stuff, not just Westher mm-hmm. Ford stuff. You know what I mean? Like yeah. national stuff. Um, he was he was running center at NFL honors. I thought that bit he had in the stands when uh forgot the guy's name, but he asked him, and he talked about you know having the other team have an opportunity, obviously tongue in cheek about the way the playoff game ended, but he's just becoming that guy He's becoming on the same level off the field as guys like Mahomes and Aaron rodgers. people are talking about him around the league. How does that make you feel if you're a bills fan i don't I don't know that I like it that much. you know I, I'm trying to say this the right way. I kind of no, like, I... because here's the deal. I mean, maybe we could use hockey. Maybe you could think you you would think of something better than me, but you talk about a player a lot and how great he is and what he's done and his stats and this and that. And when it comes to Josh Allen, he's at that level. Now he's played mm-hmm. right out of his skull at the end of the year. He's a good looking dude. He's got $258 million. He's got the hot girl. He loves this city. And now he's becoming a star around the country, just not in Western New York, in this region. If you're a hater, you know, what are you going to say? Well, he ain't one shit. That's what leads to being called overrated. When you got all these accolades, but you ain't done shit. You ain't won shit. Players become overrated. I'm concerned, as silly as this sounds, that there's going to be a lot of Josh Allen is overrated shit coming coming his way really soon. I feel like the pressure to win as an organization is obviously Mm -hmm. already huge, but now for Josh Allen personally, it's going to be ramped up even more because otherwise
2: you're going to get those haters
1: out there saying shit like that.
2: Well, he's been dealing with haters since he was drafted. So I I, I think he's, I think he's prepared for, I think he's prepared for, for, for people just talking junk on him from Mm -hmm. from the get go. I I, I started laughing when you're talking about like how he's going to start getting more national attention and how you don't like it. And I was like, that's the perfect I don't like it's it. the perfect dichotomy of being a Buffalo fan. Like you love your players, <laughs> you love them so much. And you, you know, you love when they're, you know, they pop up in the West her commercials or, you know, for anything local, you love seeing it. You're just like, wow, this is so great. So cool. I love it. But you know, but you know, the second they start getting on that national pedestal, then it's like, well, these other people don't like them as much as I do. We like them way more than everybody else. You're not bills fans. You You don't like him. And it's like, because they're going to turn on his ass real quick. All these. That's ESPN... life. That's life when you're a star, I know, man. I know,
1: I know, I know, I know. Like all these ESPN shows right now, and uh, it's like top NFL quarterbacks, and Josh Allen's like literally one or two on mm-hmm. pretty much all of them right now. That's great right now, but let them have a bad week early next season. Watch how quick they turn on him and start calling him overrated. He won't even be on the list anymore. <laughs> you know, I don't like it, man. Like my mindset is. When we got a star here in Buffalo, keep his ass kind of a seat. Let, let him just be a star here. I don't want. I don't need him to be a star. I don't need him in movies and commercials and TV shows and all that shit like Aaron Rodgers, by who by the way was still stuck at one Super Bowl. Man, fuck that. Let this guy be. <laughs> let this guy stay around in Buffalo. I'm not a big fan of him being a Hollywood star. Let it tone it down a little bit, Josh. Man, kind
2: of lay low a little bit get him lock him up in his house don't go anywhere just stay in buffalo don't ever leave he's got all the
1: attributes he's got all the attributes i'm talking about
2: off the field off
1: the field he's got all (laughs) he's got all the attributes of being a huge star just because again he's such a good looking dude he's six five he's rich he's got the girl he's got everything
2: dude you know what you're sounding like you're sounding like kathy bates in misery okay you stay here (laughs) you win your super bowl here you stay here like tying him to the bed, smashing his ankles so he can't run anymore. You can't, you'll yeah. never get away now, Josh. You're mine. That like, that's, that's what that sounds like, man. Yeah. Like, that's it – it Fans are always provincial. Like, their guy's always better than your guy. <laughs> that's, that's the way it always is. Yeah. But, like, Buffalo hasn't had somebody that's, like, a national star. Like, even when the Bills were, were going to the Super Bowl every year, like, they had so many good players that you couldn't pick one and say, like, yeah, that's the guy. Right, like, yeah, that's you true. Know, Kelly Kelly was a really good quarterback, but he wasn't, you know, he didn't have the numbers that Marino did or
3: L-way. You know, s- Some of those other Elway, yeah, like he, you
2: know, he wasn't, he wasn't that good. Like he was really good, but he I wasn't at that level. You I know, agree. Thur- Thurman Thomas was great. Yeah, was he Barry Emmett, Sanders was, and Emmitt no. Smith or Barry Barry Sanders. No, well, he was really damn good. Andre Reed, a fantastic wide receiver. He's not Jerry Rice. Yeah. You no, know, he's he's not. You know, he's not. You know, a handful of the other guys out there that were that were studs. You know, Tim Brown or whoever. But right. Um. You know, like Bruce Smith. You know, Bruce Smith is probably the best defensive end in football history. Well, he's not LT. Well, LT's a linebacker. Doesn't matter. Like okay. Yeah, Reggie White
1: too. No, you have Reggie White too. Yeah, you have so, a great point. They were so like you didn't know, even we didn't even know who was the best player on that team right. during that time. There nice ain't no problem it right now. I mean, there's <laughs> nobody who's not saying Josh Allen's not the best player on the
2: Buffalo Bills. Right yeah so i you know i i get feeling like because yeah buffalo's always got the like that that middle brother the kid brother syndrome where it's like you're always trying to prove yourself it's like no we're the best you you just don't believe it we know we're number one you just don't you'll never get it you'll never believe in us and it's like okay but you know talk's cheap just prove it you know just just let it happen you don't have to convince somebody it's not an argument that you're gonna win like you know, you're not going to tell you're not going to tell a Chiefs fan that your team's better than them. It's like, no, it's not going to work. Not, you know, maybe, a, you know, people are so mad about the Bengals and they wanted the Bengals to lose. And it's just like, I don't want them to win. It's like, well, they're they're already in the AFC title game. So I don't know what or they're already in the Super Bowl. So sorry. Like they've already made it further than the Bills have. Like that's them's the breaks. Like that's, that's what I'm saying. He's got to like, So you got to get there. Joshua. Like that. that's the thing. But that's where it comes down to being. It's kind of a team game still, too. You know, like. You know, it's, that, that's, that's part of it.
1: I didn't think of this topic ahead of time, Joe. I was just thinking while you were talking about the Sabres and Jack Eichel and being yeah. a star, I'm like, you know, Josh is a really, really big star, man. But mm-hmm. I don't know that I like it. I just you I don't want know. people
2: to not get sick of him by seeing him in every other. Commercial right.
1: Break. And that's what I'm saying. <laughs> if you're going to, you have to win. Joey Burrow just got to a Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes has been the two. If the Bills go next year and they lose in a divisional round again, Those people who love Josh Allen, who are on his jock so much right now, they're going to turn on his ass. That's just the way it works, man. I I
2: don't know. I think he'll be, uh, you know, unless, you know, he throws four interceptions and, you know, the law, you know, in a playoff loss, then I don't think anybody's turning on him. He's people have carried him as, you know, as the golden calf for, you know, since he's been drafted, you know, whether he, you know, he, you know, people have like tried to rewrite history and say like, he was a proven guy coming out of college I can't believe people passed on him. And it's like, Okay, like, uh, all right, like, if you want to believe that, that's fine. But that's like, that's like when Kobe Bryant said that uh, he was motivated by the Hornets trading him to the Lakers because the Hornets didn't want him. I'm like, you fucking creep. <laughs> you didn't want to play for the Hornets, you asshole. Like, you only wanted to play for the Lakers. Well, the Hornets didn't want me. Yeah, because you didn't want them, you jerk. But, like, it's, it's getting uh, personal in here now. Oh, man, like, that drives me up a fucking wall. Like, yeah and you can't say anything bad about Kobe, but I just did, I guess. So, you know, whatever, you know, I guess I'm canceled, but, um, (laughs) but like, you know, like it's, I, I get not wanting to, you know, to, to, to to not have to deal with other fans, like other fans are hell. Like (laughs) that's, that's the, that's the worst part. Like your, your fan, like you have your, people have their own problems with their own fans. Never mind other fans. Like it's, it's very much just like we, Hey, we can talk shit about our people. You can't talk shit about our people. Right. Right.
1: Right. Right. Right.
2: And like, you know, the, the stuff that like that Mahomes gets picked on now, because he's, you know, he's in all the state farm commercials. And then people are like, I don't like his wife. I don't like his brother. And it's like, Oh my God. Like who cares about them? Like, Oh, they're on TikTok. I can't, I I don't hate looking at them. Then don't like, just don't, you don't, you don't have to give anybody that attention. Like it, I know what it, you're it turns saying. Turns everybody into a gossip pound. Like, just like think of what happens. You know, if Josh, you know, if Josh Allen gets on that stage, you know, that that level where everybody's paying attention to literally everything that he does on a national scale, and then people start poking around at his girlfriend or like, you know, his family. Then it's gonna be like, oh boy, that's what I'm talking oh about. Boy, like,
1: let's not do that because that's,
2: that's what that's a road about. we've already kind of explored here, and it's not a very comfortable. He's road. getting, he's becoming,
1: he's not quite Pat Mahomes star level right now, but. He's getting there. That's what I'm talking about. He's becoming a big star. I don't want his personal life dissected and his girlfriend and
2: all happen, this other though. stuff,
1: man. No, no, no.
2: He's gonna do it like a Pepsi ad or something, uh, or you know, a Pizza Hut ad or something, and then it's gonna be like, <laughs> uh oh, here's Josh pitching stuffed crust pizzas at me again. Okay, like, that's well, enough. you say. You say
1: to ignore Patrick Mahomes' little brother. I'm glad Josh Allen doesn't have a little douchebag, annoying brother <laughs> who's putting these fucking TikToks on. It. No talent whatsoever, by the way. I don't care how young. That's what I is mean, whatever. though. Like you, you're ready
2: to go off about it. It's like, who gives a shit about him?
1: Like, I, know, I, know, I know. I know. Nobody. I know. You know what else I'm going to go off on? Because what a perfect segue to get into our starting five <laughs> draft. Okay. Yo, you got listen. When I get the W's, I, I relish them, man. Right. I do. I mean, how can I? Not you not You don't act like you've ever been there before. I. I Course not, and I'm never going to either. But <laughs> let me say this. So That's last really week, close. folks, I didn't see the
2: I didn't see the final results till right now. So last let's...
1: week, folks, we did best Beatles songs, and I'm gonna tell you right now, I don't want to say this was the close, it wasn't the closest one ever. Nope. You won 80s movie soundtracks, I think it might have been, or I can't remember what category like it vote, was. You votes. won you won 50.1 to like 49.9, literally, one time. Yeah. So that was the closest ever. This was the second closest. Let me recap here. Joe took Come Together, Penny Lane, A Day in the Life, Eleanor Rigby, While My Guitar Gently Weeps. I took Let It Be, I Want to Hold Your Hand, Twist and Shout, uh, Get Back, and Hey Jude. Turns out, less than what? It was less than 1% of the poll. Mm -hmm. I won 50.7 to uh, 49.3. That was, I'll tell you, Joe, I'm not even going to lie to you, man. (laughs) I... uh. I was checking this poll on my phone all for like two days, man. I would you just you didn't even know what the final tally was. I did because I was literally looking at this. I retweeted it like probably five, six times. I think I might even put some on. I did put some on Facebook. I mm-hmm. told people on Facebook, my friends, yo, man. go on Twitter. Vote for me. I need this W. Well, you, you know
2: why? Well, you know how many times I retweeted it? Once you yeah, know how I many know. times I looked at it, once that's uh, that's not me saying like I'm a cocky bastard, that's just me saying I'm not in for electioneering, Pat. Well, I'm not I trying was. to stuff the ballot box. I was, and I was also, I how was how many people a- betrayed your votes, though, is what I <laughs> want to know. How many people saw them be like, you know what, that joke, he's got it right. Some, I'm sure there were some. <laughs> I was begging for votes,
1: I'm not gonna lie, because look, man, Shames. it's a big, I've become Shames. known as the guy who loses every week, man. That's become my, I don't even <laughs> want to say my shtick. Because it's, it's not an act; it's like legit.
2: <laughs> I like wow. legit lose every week. But the but difference this was is one where, like, this was one where, like, neither one of us had any idea how this was going to right. Out, which and I like quite... that. If you remember last week,
1: we literally said on the show before we even went off the air, we don't know how this is going to play out. No. I typically have some kind of vibe. So, I mean, I'm often wrong, especially when I think I'm going to win or it's going to be real close because that's usually board, not the case. Board games,
2: we were both way off about how board Yeah, games yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Right, exactly. But we both said we had no idea. One of us could win. It could be close. It could be a mm-hmm. blowout. We had no earthly idea. Right. This was this was as close as it gets. I mean, 50.7, 49.3. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's literally a small handful of votes out of like mm-hmm. six, 700 people who voted. Um, It was fun um i I love this one this
2: was this is a super one because we because we were going through it and we left at least 30 other songs that we could have picked on yeah there were a lot there's so many to pick
1: as we predicted there were a hell of a lot of people who had their own free agent Mm -hmm. list and we said that was going to happen a lot of uh and you, you know what? Those could have won
2: too. Like that's yeah, just, yeah. that's the they thing. legit. Like, I mean, the beat—it's the fucking Beatles, dude. It's we we could have had—we could have had a third choice of Rando Calrissian, pick five, any five songs, and put that up against it, and be like, okay, who's is the best? I don't know. It could be anybody's. Who knows?
1: I'm gonna give you a confession here, though, and a legitimate confession. I looked at our list, and if th- if this was neither of us in. It was person A and person B and no one's name was revealed in the two lists. I actually think you Ooh. had the slightly better team.
2: That oh I see now that if you see now it's a shame that we record these th- <laughs> these things because people would have figured out who picked who, but that would have been a great blind poll. It would have to do just to say like Person A, Person B pick. A couple pick, people pick have suggested favorites. I do that. I don't know
1: though. I, I kind of like.
2: It takes away I the fun of like... us talking about it, unless we released it after the fact. Like,
0: yeah.
1: right, right, exactly. Um, That's while my guitar gently weeps was was a, a beautiful fifth round pick, man. I re- I really like that a lot. I blew an opportunity. I think I got away with one because twist and shout. Is not a good pick. In fact, it's not even an get, original, it's not even an original say, Beatles song. I saw yeah. you
2: get roasted by a couple people saying, like, yeah. well, Pat picked that's a right. cover song, so that's that. And I was like, Ugh. Yeah, it's right. like, Yeah, but that's the most famous version of it. I, I know exactly. <laughs> if, if, like, if, if you we, if you if you cover a song and you have the more popular version of it, it's your song. Like, if, all Along exactly. the watchtower is a Jimi Hendrix song. I know it's Bob Dylan's song. Hendrix did it better. Sorry, that's his song now.
1: Bro, no. if we if we if we did a draft of Whitney Houston songs. And you're gonna tell me you you can't draft? I will always love you because Dolly Parton did it like right. 30 years before that shit. Right? No way, no man. No way, man.
2: No disrespect no. to Dolly.
1: No, I love Dolly. It's Parton, a great version. Awesome. But Whitney's right. is
2: the better. Is best.
1: exactly. Whitney's is the best. You you can't have a Whitney draft and and not pick that song. Right. All right. So this week, something completely different from Beatles songs. I'm looking forward to this one. <laughs> no idea how it's gonna play out. It's going to be we're doing mm. best TV couples. And just so it's kind of mm. clear here for people who are listening, just. It is exactly how it sounds like best TV couples meaning doesn't necessarily have to be the most romantic. It could be the funniest TV couples, the most romantic TV couples, uh, the on again, off again, TV couples, Mm -hmm. just people who are TV couples. And you're welcome to, uh, you know, interpret it any way that you want to, I guess. So uh, you went first with the Beatles Mm -hmm. and to come together. And I'm first with this one. And I I, got a good
2: idea who you're going to take. Well, because I know what shows you like. So (laughs) I got a pretty good idea where you're going. You're leading right into what I was going to say. Yes, (laughs) because
1: I mean. I do. I think they're the best TV couple of all time in my heart, my head. I don't know. However, however, man, I am everyone who knows me. If you follow me on Twitter, if you read my blogs, if you listen to this podcast <laughs> by a long by a long, wide margin, the office is my favorite show of all time. Mm-hmm. and I can't have my favorite show of all time have the first round pick and not take Pam and Jim. I, I mean I have to do it. there's no way I, I can't I can't have this draft and not take them with the first pick. Um, I was really seasons, hoping you were
2: going to take Michael and Jan. First. That
1: was that was my hope. <laughs> the, that would have, You know what? I actually <laughs> like Michael and jan they, They're pretty. They, they were funny, if nothing else. But seriously, mm-hmm. with with him and Jim, man, you got three seasons of of will they, won't they? So you had that tension. You had the flirtation going all the way back to the show in the beginning. Mm-hmm. She's engaged. He's got a crush on her. She's kind of playing him in a way a little bit. I mean, she likes yeah. him a lot, but she's engaged, you know. And the culmination was season two, where he finally shoots a shot and it doesn't work and then he goes and gets himself transferred for season three and and he starts dating rashida jones and they come back to to scrannon and then pam breaks up with um what what, what the goddamn how why am i drawing a blank right now oh, yeah hey, roy him. roy what the roy God? that's right yeah, jesus roy. christ what the hell's wrong with me man <laughs> you know he snaps he wants to kill jim they break up yeah. whatever but she kind of uh Yeah, She gets gutsy. She grows balls. She shoots her shot at the very end of season three. And then in season four, Mm -hmm. we see them together. And it's a beautiful relationship. Their wedding, it was in season six. One of my Mm -hmm. favorite TV weddings ever. Didn't like the story arc so much of season nine, where they kind of went through some issues where he's trying to get his own, you know, that company started, athlete in in Philly. That kind of, that turned me off a little bit. But I'm not going to let the total, you know, that take away from the totality of their relationship. There's so many. I started watching The Office because Michael Scott was hilarious, but mm-hmm. Pam and Jim became the part, the biggest part for me anyway, of the show over the duration of it. So yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't not take the office. Yeah, but that's my first pick, and you got two now. See, I kind of wish you had the first pick because ah, you wouldn't have taken them, so I would have been stuck. No, I that. would not have
2: taken them. You would no, have mean, been you would have been stuck. I would have
1: been stuck with no man.
2: You... <laughs> uh but the beauty of the I like there's some categories where I like you when you pick first, this is one of them because sure. i because I was pretty sure I was, I was 98% sure you're going to go with Jim and Pam. <laughs> I was, I was, I was really sure about it. So I, I, I planned my list around that eventuality. So I was, Smart I was strategy. happy. Yeah. Well, I mean, listen, I was, I was happy you did because uh, it left me, it, it left me, the duty of having to pick, I think the greatest couple of TV in TV history. And that's Lucy and Ricky Ricardo. Mm. Lucille ball and Desi Arnaz actually married. Then playing, uh, you know, playing the couple on. I love Lucy. Like again, I'm going even local favorite here, like from Jamestown. Like, and the show was just so damn funny. I mean, even now you can watch, if you watch an episode now, it's still so funny. And Lucille ball was so damn good. She's from Jamestown. Yeah. I never knew that.
1: Never, got, never there's knew a that.
2: statue over there. Wow, I never knew that, man. I think that's why they put the National Comedy Hall of Fame there too. Oh, I never knew that. Hmm. You yeah, see, see, I'm not even from here, and I knew that. Come on,
1: man. <laughs> it's a good pick. It's a popular <laughs> pick. It's, it's the right pick. It's the sensible pick. I know.
2: Also, think about it. Like when that show was on, having a you know a you know a um, a like a biracial couple, like you know, Lucille Ball's white, Desi Arnaz is Spanish, and he's Cuban, like. You didn't have that stuff happening back then. Like that was not something that happened on TV, but they did it and it was great. Like it was, and Desi Arnaz is friggin' hilarious. (laughs) I mean, the whole show is funny. Like everybody, it's, it's so good. Uh, But speaking of hilarious couples, my next pick is Sam Malone and Diane. Chambers. Son of a bitch. Uh, I like they, that was such a, and cheers was, I mean, cheers is like one of my favorite shows of all time. But the way Shelly Long and Ted Danson played that off was unbelievable because it was it felt very real. As you know, for as funny as the show was, it felt very real and how they drove each other up a wall. Like they made each other crazy. Mm-hmm. The th- the only the only thing that I that that it kind of bothers me that like is the way that it ended, where it was just like, hey, this is this is done. We gotta kind of reboot, soft reboot the show, which when you go back, if you if you if you uh, plow through, like just watching episodes after, you know, you know just like just marathon through it, you're going to by the time you get to that last season where Shelley, Long, like the Shelly Long season, the last Shelly Long season, you're like, boy, they better break up. I am sick of them <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> because
2: it's just like they've made each other so crazy that now it's infuriating. Um, but man, they were it was such a great playoff of each other because it couldn't have been more polar opposite. And the, the the way that Diane was just so prim and proper and artsy and Sam was a womanizer, you know, you know, f- you know, was an alcoholic, you know, ball player, like so good, so damn good. And it was so funny watching every every freaking episode of that was so good. Let me give you a
1: hot take here. Had Pam and Jim been off the table, which I knew you weren't gonna take them first, right. if, if you had had the first pick again. I've openly admitted this. I picked that because I just I can't take or not take my favorite show and not take them.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: That probably is my first pick, Sam and Diane. The tension that they were that show was we could do an entire podcast and maybe we will someday on like a YouTube exclusive or something just for just video. Cheers. Just talking yeah. about chairs and how yeah. crazy. Which is a show that would never ever work in today's day and age. No. you know what I'm saying with the, mm-hmm. the the way they talk to women in the bar. Oh um, yeah, slapping her reaffirmance, getting her ass slapped all the time when she walks by, and they just yeah. you know shake it off like that's a lawsuit now. That's mm-hmm. getting your ass whip It's getting canceled. So it's a very dated show, but Yo, I love Cheers. Yeah. It one of my favorite shows of all time. Yeah, Sam and Diane were absolutely awesome. All right, so I'm on the clock here for two. I'm gonna. Go back. I'm gonna go with nostalgia with this one, and I'm gonna go back to a show that I really liked a lot uh, in the '80s. Okay, and kids here, man. Kids couple, Winnie and Kevin oh. from the Wonder Years. All right, I loved them, man. Yeah. They were, they were. This was first of all, this was one of my favorite shows. It was a mm-hmm. maybe one of the best like coming of age TV shows I've ever seen. You yeah. know what I mean? And, and, mm-hmm. and Kevin and Winnie were. The heart of it I, I, their first kiss as kids uh it was epic and when i remember very well when they broke up in in season four man it kind of uh it broke my heart mm-hmm. and i kind of i mean this is best tv couple so you know them not ending up together you might think it sucks but i kind of like it like she ends up. I don't know if you watch the show,
2: and I'm guessing oh, I'm getting yeah. spoilers
1: away. What 35 years later? So you ain't watching it yet. <laughs> I think tough time's cool.
2: up on spoilers. <laughs> yeah,
1: tough shit, man. But at the end, she ends up they we thinking they're gonna end up together, but they don't. She ends up going to the study in Paris. He ends up getting married to somebody, so they don't end up together. Mm-hmm. But I remember, and I'm paraphrasing because I don't remember the exact words, but it was basically, you know, what you think your life is gonna be at 12, 13, 14, 15 years old. And ain't your first love, it, it usually that's not how things turn out. You know what I mean? So it was really, it was a good lesson. Like I said, the nostalgia, they were so cute together. You know what I mean? I yeah. just, I loved everything about them. So that's going to be one pick for me. Okay. And then I'm going to go back to, well, quite honestly, the beginning of the series, I was kind of too young to really know what was going on. So it wasn't until later and mm-hmm. then reruns, but I'm going to go to the Jeffersons. And George mm-hmm. and Louise Jefferson, man, I yeah. this show was like kind of like uh, my happy place, man. He he's yeah. just the fucking biggest hothead hilarious yeah. as hell, man. But and she was like the kind heart. You know what I mean? She was the sensible mm-hmm. one. And they were just like uh, they were the perfect match. And I know that this isn't one of those. We're not we're not uh drafting our favorite TV shows of all times about couples and not necessarily mm-hmm. the show. But I will add when it comes to this show specifically, it was our first, or it was my first, like, real look into what, uh, from a, a sitcom, obviously, so it was often comedic, mm-hmm. well, into a black family, you know what I mean? Growing yeah. up in the west side, white, mm-hmm. Italian, Irish neighborhood, I had black friends, but I really didn't know their families that well, so for younger people, a lot of younger people out there, black or white people, was their first, like, look into... Black family, and as funny as that show was too, it also was very uh, it pushed the envelope during oh, yeah. those times, you know, just like oh, yeah. all family. Some of these other ones, I mean, the mm-hmm. n word he used the n word on that show, yeah, uh, white slangs. I don't even know if I could say
2: uh, I mean, it. I, I, I would say, don't say them, just yeah. Case. I'm, I'm not saying, I'm
1: not, <laughs> I'm not gonna say anymore, but what I'm saying is they were said on that show, but anyway, yeah. I don't want to get from the, the point of this draft. But what I'm saying is, uh, George and Louise were a great couple, man, I loved her and and as fucked up as he was in a lot of other ways with a lot of other people and you know his wit and his uh his hot and his temper and stuff he always loved her he treated her great so i i liked him a lot and i liked them a lot and uh so yeah that's my couple george and louise
2: from the jeffersons you're going to have two sherman helms was so so damn good man that yeah. guy he was so good um see now see, see this put another show in my head and i'm just like uh, but i i and not to, I'm not gonna put down the couple in that show, but like I, I it doesn't hit the same height for me as all the choices I still have left on the board here because sure. there's uh, so I, many. Too. I think I think you've I think you've left the door open for me because um, <laughs> there's one couple again, an older show, but a legendary show that they got a whole song about themselves. Like, oh boy, it's Mike and Carol Brady. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, I I mean, I don't know how I can't pick that. (laughs) You know, like I wasn't, I I I think even if you weren't like even a a huge Brady Bunch fan, you knew the Brady Bunch and you remember episodes and you remember how people were. I mean, I obviously people, you know, you know, even now like the move like the movie that they made in the '90s is a little bit dated, but um, but it was still the same same aesthetic and everything. It was just you know. But, like Mike and Carol were just like you know two mm-hmm. you know two people who came from separated you know separated families already, and they brought their kids along, and then suddenly they're together, and everything works <laughs> you know, and it's and like everything worked with them because it was a classic sitcom family where just you know a problem comes up at the beginning and it's solved at the end, and everybody's happy like <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah, yeah yeah you know like and but like the way that they played off each other was just so it was just so cool, like you know they were in you know. For for being like a '60s family or '60s '70s family, it was just like, man, these guys are cool. Yeah. So yeah, Mike and Carol Brady. I, I it's too easy. My next pick. Uh, I don't like making this pick because it comes from a show you and I don't like. <laughs> I know. Where I think only- you know where this is going, <laughs> but this couple is. I can't ignore it. I, I can't ignore it because even as much as I don't like the show, all I ever heard about was Ross and Rachel from Friends. I, I, li- listen. If you're watching
1: on YouTube, I'm yeah. putting my thumbs
2: down right now. Yeah, Pat's giving me two thumbs down for the pick. Listen, I, <laughs> I earn your scorn on this one, okay? I don't like making the pick, but I can't not make the pick is the thing. Now, if I had picked Chandler and Monica, I would deserve all scorn because they're the lesser couple on that show. This podcast would be over if you picked them. <laughs> <laughs> but like Ross and i it, it dominated the whole damn show, man. Like it from beginning to end, like that was the whole thing. Like that the whole show basically surrounded those two, uh, you know, Jennifer Aniston and David, David Schwimmer. Yeah, like that's that's the whole show, man, like. Everybody else was just kind of like a supporting cast for those two, which is wild. But like that's that's it, man. Like that's that's as close to the biggest modern couple, you know, aside from Jim and Pam, probably that we've seen. Like, that's which is crazy because that they had a very dysfunctional relationship anyways. But right, um, but yeah, I, I gotta pick Ross from as much as I hate myself for doing it which I'll probably win this poll, so I won't hate myself as much. But You should hate uh, yourself for it. I do hate myself. I don't like picking anything friends, but I have, I have to. I have to. I, I would not, as much as I disrespect myself by picking them, I would not be able to respect myself for ignoring them.
1: Yeah. Well, let me say this. Even when I was, I'm going to be honest with you. When I was young or watching in reruns, I mm-hmm. never liked the Brady Bunch. I always thought they were corny. However, Mike and Carol's a good pick. They were a good couple. I will, mm-hmm. I, I grudgingly have to give it up to you. I ain't never going to give it up to you for Ross and Rachel. We just talked about how we could do a whole podcast on chairs. I could do a whole podcast, just bashing friends. I hated that show with a passion, but you know what the funny thing is? Here's the funny thing. I love Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. She's super. She's done so many great things. I love mm-hmm. Jennifer Aniston. And I actually thought she was the only one on of that whole cast that I could tolerate on that show. She, I liked her the best of the six mm-hmm. Um, and, and Matthew Perry after chairs. I liked some of the stuff that he did. So I don't even, mm-hmm. I mean, you're talking about Schwimmer, not, I. so I know that. But I'm just saying, it's mm-hmm. not even like, I, individually, I kind of like some of these guys a little bit. Even Dave Schwimmer's done some decent stuff. He's been funny and a couple other things. Mm-hmm. I just hated that couple, man. I hated that show. I hated the forced one-liners. <laughs> I hated the laugh tracks. Mm-hmm. I hated yeah, the laugh them. tracks. I didn't want them to get together. Murder. I didn't care when they got together. I liked mm-hmm. when they broke up because I didn't want them to be happy. I just, I hated that show, man.
2: Yeah. No, I listen. You're preaching to the choir. Okay. Like I don't like that. I had to pick it, but I had to pick it.
1: Okay? I understand. I understand. And it's, it's not for votes. It's
2: not even like reaching for votes. It's just like, it's, it's what it is.
1: It's, it's your responsibility. You you can't let something like that slide. It would be irresponsible. It would be like being a, an NFL GM and you know, you need uh A defensive tackle, and there's a great mm-hmm. one on the board in the second round, and you go somewhere you else. You're, 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 you got for three yeah, straight exactly. years in the exactly. draft. Exactly, yeah. you got it. Yeah. I can't be the
2: lions of this poll, okay?
1: <laughs> you drafted for value, not for one. I I get it. All right, so I got two more coming up here. I, I feel like I'm taking a, a. This is a new show or new wish so okay. I don't even know how many people have have watched it, and if so, how many really liked it. But I love the show. And there's actually two couples from the show I, I I could have drafted, but I'm gonna take Johnny and Moira Rose from Schitt's Creek. And mm. uh, This I, now I don't know. Let me ask you this before I even say anything about them: Have mm. you watched Schitt's Creek? Did I you have. watch the series? I no.
2: haven't. I haven't watched all the way through it. Uh, I watched like the first two seasons, like when it originally hit, when it was like on what was that? Canadian channel, Crave, I think it was, and like it snuck out on like some some American cable service in Washington. I was like, Oh my God, this is really funny. But like, I never got caught up to it in the end, but like Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara, like immediately I'm like, yep, sold. Like that's perfect.
1: I'm telling you now. And I don't want to, I don't want this to turn into a sales pitch for, for you or <laughs> everyone out there to, to watch Shit's Creek. But what I will say about the show is from beginning to end, every single season, it got better and better and better. And for all the stuff going around. And they were very unlikable the first season and a half. And that was my design. And then mm-hmm. there at the end of season two, they started to show some of their redeemable qualities. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about all the characters on the show. I'm not talking about them yeah. as a couple yet. It just gets better the entire time. But the one constant through all the trials and tribulations with this show was these two men. They loved each other. Mm-hmm. She is really funny. and hes I mean, he's Eugene fucking Levy. I mean, you, you know he's funnier than... uh He's sneaky funny. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but they have a, a great romance. They, they, they care for each other. They never turn their back on each other. It was just, uh, I, I love it, man. It, it's an easy pick for me. I'm mm-hmm. just concerned about how it goes over with other people.
2: So C- I Seeing them just makes me think of SCTV and how great they were on SCTV. Like that whole SCTV. So underrated. And I know it's because yeah. it was made in Canada, but like, God damn, it was so good. Yeah, for sure. Sorry.
1: <laughs> no, you're good. No, you're good. <laughs> my last <laughs> my last pick is one that I hated the ending so much that it, it penalizes me for the show. But oh,
2: I think I know where this is
1: going. But I, I was a big fan for a long time of how I met your mother. And Marshall and Lily were a great couple, man. They mm-hmm. were uh again, the ending gets a, a shitload of hate, as it should. It's deserved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But for me personally, and I know they weren't the stars of this show. The, the, the premise was about Ted finding love and then Barney Stinson became the star of the show with his womanizing ways his one-liners the broke out all that stuff that was great but for me the, the rock of the show the glue of the show was always Marshall and Lily I liked them mm-hmm. a lot I thought they were a great couple they loved each other they were pretty funny again kind of like not hardy har hard, har funny but sneaky funny and they weren't the stars of the show but I loved them as a couple and mm-hmm. Look, and I'm sure you're going to feel the same way as you make your last pick here too, because there's so many goddamn good couples. There's so many great TV shows with couples. Yeah. I, I every time I make a pick, I'm like, oh, how did I not pick this order? You make a pick, I'm like, oh, I should have taken that. Or it makes me think mm-hmm. of someone else I shouldn't have taken. So as this goes on, and we put this poll up in a week from now, I'm going to be like, yeah, I should have done this, should have done that. But that's how I feel in the moment as we're doing this draft. Marshall and Lily just pop for me, so I'll live. I'll live or die with that, man.
2: I uh. I was really worried you were going to take the main couple of that. And I was going to be like, dude, you just nuked your own. <laughs> you just nuked your own pole because every like the, the way that ended with Ted is abysmal, just nah. an absolute rotten way to end. What was a great show?
1: It was it, so bad. It's, it's
2: an ending that ruins the whole rest of the show.
1: It might've been the worst ending to a TV show I've ever seen in my life. Just mm-hmm. because it was uh, now I know a lot of people, would say that with Newhart because it turns out it was just a dream, but I don't know. Oh, that I don't was necessarily. Great. I thought that was yeah, I, I kind of liked that. Oh man. That was so funny.
2: Right. We could debate. It's very that. underrated show. Who
1: do way. you know that, that watched how I met your mother and said, Oh, that ending was pretty good. It literally was the worst. It, it no. left a black eye
2: in the entire show. But mm-hmm. I'm still going to pick them for more people like the Sopranos final episode than they liked. Yeah, How I Met Your Mother, and by by like exponential amounts. <laughs> maybe <laughs> like, we'll
1: have. Well, we're kind of giving our content away. But I was going to say maybe we, yeah. we should have a draft of the worst endings ever. <laughs> TV shows. I think we just ran we'll out to pick that one first. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you got the you got the last pick of this draft.
2: Okay, so. I don't know if this is debatable, like, if this is worthy of debate or not, but like this couple's been on TV for 30, 30 plus years. Mm. Huh. Do you, uh, the only problem is, is that they're not human. They're cartoons. It's Homer <laughs> and March. I, you can't, yeah. it, it's, I, and I don't know if how many people act, you know, actively think like them as a couple, you know, I, and I know Simpsons has been weird for like the last, 15 20 years now at this point oh my god but like homer marge are it man like that's (laughs) like for as dysfunctional as everything about that family is that's the constant and like all the stuff like early on in the uh in the series where you know homer's just you know where homer hasn't turned into a full idiot (laughs) and he's just you know he's just kind of dumb and he's just being you know you know like a kind of typical you know typical dumb dude you know as as opposed to because like, he became a raging moron after like about season six or seven yeah um but like early on like that was the dynamics that they wrote for those two to have you know as far as like testing each other's relate you know the relationship out and everything it was like well it's pretty well written for a show that's you know that's kind of like a send-up of of, of america at the time and you know families and whatnot but like how do you say no to Homer and barge, man? Like that's, you know, for as weird as it is, that's like, it's an iconic couple. I mean, you, you know, and it's like I said, like Simpsons now is completely different than what it was back in the day, but that's still, that's still the thing, man. Like there's still resonates.
1: It still resonates. You just got your Kyle Williams in the fifth round steal (laughs) of this draft. I can tell you you that right now. Yeah, I know. So that's going to go over very well. I think a lot of people are going to talk, there's going to be two things that happen. One of them is the same thing that always happens: is why did you pick this, pick that? You mm-hmm. know, yada yada yada. That's going to be the one that gets talked about the most is the fifth round pick. That's my, uh, that's my prediction right there. I should have taken that instead of Marshall
2: Lilly. That's going to cost
3: me. That's uh, I probably to, I don't
1: know.
2: That's going to cost me. There are a couple. I, uh, I, get a, I just want to say when you mentioned the Jeffersons, the other show I was thinking about was Good Times. Great show too. James in Florida, John Amos and roll holy smokes they were, good. They were so good. john amos rules in literally everything he does he's he does, so good but
1: didn't he die relatively early in that series though i could mm-hmm. be wrong i don't remember for me that show and i remember the show it was about yeah. it, to me it was about jj walker mm-hmm. not oh, necessarily he was that the, yeah, yeah, yeah 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 um yeah janet, they're up there. janet
2: jackson was in the show for crying out loud yeah like, yeah yep
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. they're up there I, i'll say this when and there's a couple that neither of us mentioned that i, I wrote down as like uh honorable mentions one show that I love is right up there with my favorites. I just couldn't think of one in the top five as Parks and Rec. And you could have went. Yeah. Uh, I personally like April and Andy,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but geez, yeah, you could have went Ben. That,
2: I was thinking Ben and Leslie. Yeah, you yeah. could have went
1: Ben and Leslie just as easy. So that's up there. Another show that's new and it's still airing right now, and I don't know how it does with uh, popularity and ratings amongst people that were listening to this show. But this is us, and you have Beth and Randall. Oh, they're okay. they're a great couple. And you can even, I've, uh,
2: I've not seen one episode of this is us.
1: It's it. Well, I, I, it's tough. It's <laughs> so tough. if you
2: picked that one, I would have been like, who please describe everything. It's about. tough because it's, it's Isn't just the so, one that like makes people cry. Every yes. Yes. Yeah, I, and it's like, I, can't get
1: I love it. It's just like, do you want to do that to one of your friends? You want to sit there and make them cry. There was a, an episode a couple of weeks ago about Jack's um uh, mother dying. And,
2: it's just, oh, yeah, it. just, it's just i don't
1: it. it's just fucked up man. I, so, yeah. I can't
2: watch programs that are right. that but are beth, made to make you but it's emotional
3: manipulation
2: i can't
1: beth and randall are a great couple though. so I, I thought of them i mentioned Chits creek it could have went david and patrick too yeah they're a great couple in that show uh if you want to go back older and cheesier i wrote down uh zach zach and kelly kapowski from Saved by the Bell. Yeah, if you want to go back to the real old school, I still think you had the best one with with Lucy. But uh, if you want to go to the Honeymooners, man, you got Ralph and oh, Alice. Yeah, Ralph you know? and
2: Alice. I, yeah, you well. know, I kicked that around for a moment, but I—that's another show that does not get made today. No, like hell, no. Not ever does that get made. Like Ralph saying, "You know, I'll send you to the moon, Alice." Like, no, like right. no, man. Right. But like Alice always put him in his place, <laughs> which was, you know. Know Ralph was a big blowhard and she always parked him, so like that was that was fun. But
1: I have one more too that uh I didn't like the show so much, and they've tried to reboot it and just didn't work because she's a crazy bitch now. But Roseanne and Dan Connor from yeah, back in the day, Roseanne, they were a good couple, man. They were they were they were a pretty funny couple, so it's a good show,
2: you know. Like them, you know, it's funny, anybody who's watching the video and I don't know how we did, how, how we pulled this off, but the, the picture you used to to, to to start this poll was of Edith and Archie Bunker. And neither of us picked
1: neither them. Neither
0: of us took them.
2: <laughs> I was, I, you know, I,
1: I was intentionally I was looking them. at the picture and I was like, am I really going to pick that?" I was like, "Yeah, I, I got my, I got my, I thought of part. it. I thought of it. It, it is in the poll but, or uh, the picture, but it's like,
2: <laughs>
1: it's weird because he was, he was Ar- a big, Ar- you know, he was a big, it was, uh, I mean, he, he he learned from his stuff. But he, oh my God, what a! But they were a good couple, though. She was a great wife. Yeah, and he,
2: he loved her, man. Awesome.
1: Yeah, Yeah. and again, that's just you want to talk about shows that just ain't gonna fly in today's Mm -hmm. world. You know, oh my God, look no further than that. I'd love to do a, you know what? We're going to do a draft someday of shows that won't fly in
2: 2022,
1: (laughs) because (laughs) we just named some of them. Welcome back, Carter. There's a lot of them that uh. I don't think we're at
2: 35 playing a high schooler. <laughs> it's like Beverly Hills, nine Oh two and Oh, and the whole cast was in their thirties. Like, okay.
1: let me recap. Let me recap these picks before we get out of here. All right. So I selected uh Jim and Pam from the office, Kevin and Winnie from the wonder years, George and Louise from the Jeffersons, uh, Johnny and Moira Rose from Schitt's Creek and Marshall and Lily from how I met your mother. Joe took Lucy and Ricky Ricardo from. I love Lucy, uh, Sam and Diane from Cheers. Mike and Carol Brady from the Brady Bunch, Ross and Rachel from Friends the Most Overrated Show Ever, and Marge <laughs> and Homer from The Simpsons. Before I let you go, final thoughts on this draft. What do you think, again?
2: I think you're in big trouble. I think you're in serious, serious trouble. I'm talking... This might go north of 80% in my favor. Ooh. Dang. Uh, I, listen, I have, a murderer's, fucking, a, I have a murderer's thing. row of of couples.
1: I think you're going to win.
2: I'm confident. I'm going to win. I'm thinking it's going to be a blowout.
1: I think, again, I think you taking the Simpsons with the last pick is going to help you. I think me taking Jim and Pam, who a lot of, even people who like the office, some people don't like either Jim or Pam, mainly Pam. So I'm not sure how that's going to play out either. I don't, I don't know know if the Jeffersons are going to, are going to resonate. I think all your picks are going to resonate better. I agree with you partially. I do think you're going to win, even though you sold out and took Ross and Rachel, but I don't think it's going to be north of 80%. That's a little bit of an ambitious take right there, Joe.
2: I've never predicted a blowout before. Well, not that vicious of a blowout before, but I could see it happening.
1: All right, everyone, see it
2: happening. get Joe a follow on Twitter. You know
1: what? Don't follow Joe on Twitter. <laughs> at,
2: at Jill don't Yardin. follow Pat either.
1: Don't follow him. Don't listen to Joe's um, podcast with Maintenance Day alongside Lance Lozowski that drops on Mondays. Don't read Noted Hockey. And don't read Noted Hockey on his sub stack. Hit him up on Twitter. You know, just drop your email, and you can subscribe to that for free. Don't do any of that just stuff. Don't,
2: right. Yeah, don't do anything. Don't give me attention. Don't wish me happy birthday on Saturday. Don't do any of that.
1: Don't wish him happy birthday, but do wish me a happy four-year anniversary of this
3: podcast. Yes. Please
2: do do that. That's, That's the way to go.
3: It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust.